0: Lord, we thank you that we have already lifted your name high. We have already heard that we are not to put our trust in chariots or princes, but to put them in you. And so we do that as we come to you in prayer tonight. We place our trust in you. We pray for our Calvin community. We pray for this season of midterms and projects We pray for our athletes as they're now deep into their seasons. We pray for our musicians as they prepare for the music festival this weekend and for all the things that are coming for Family Weekend. Lord, we thank you that we're a community that does this under the lordship of Jesus Christ. And we want our families to come and to see you alive and at work here in this place. We pray particularly for those families or friends that may be coming who don't know you or who may be struggling in their faith, that when they come here on this campus, they can see you alive and at work in powerful ways, maybe in the lives of their students, the people that they know. And Lord, we pray for next week's Sunday morning, for that worship service, that we will be able to worship you in spirit and in truth. We pray particularly today for Schultze Eldersfeld. We thank you for the legacy of faith that has been passed on from generation to generation to generation in that dorm. We thank you for Olivia and the other leaders there, and we pray a blessing on them. We pray, Lord, that you will protect Emily College and the work that she does as the residence hall director. We pray that you guard her heart and mind in Christ Jesus, that over the overflow of her heart, she can lead. We pray for everybody who has a leadership role and for all those who don't but live in the place. You will protect them. We pray that this will be a a building in which your name is made great. We pray that there will be no tolerance for things like foul language, no tolerance for things like pornography or gossip, no tolerance for these things that drive wedges between friends and between communities. We pray with Olivia for a deep hunger to continue to, to exist there, but then also for people to know how to have their hunger filled. We thank you for good attendance at dorm worship and Bible studies. And we pray, Holy Spirit, that you are the one who fills them up. It's so tempting to look to be filled in other places and in other ways, but you alone fill us. So, Lord, keep them hungry after the right things. And, God, we do pray for healing. Lord, you know what's going on in the lives of the people in that dorm. You know how they need to be healed. And so we pray that you, Jesus' great physician, that you will lay your hands on anyone who has a broken heart or a broken body, a broken spirit, and restore them to full health. And God, we pray that they have heart, that they are brave, that they are able to speak boldly about their brokenness because then they are able to speak boldly about how you have met them there in it. It's easy for us to want to hide our brokenness, to hide our shame and our pain, And, Lord, help us to speak about it in healthy ways, in ways that move us toward healing. Help us to be brave so that we can be whole. Thank you, Lord, for for a way to pray for SE. And as we walk by that building this week, as we walk by members who live there, help us to continue to lift it up. And we pray for Calvin College. We do pray for this week. We pray also for our president As he is in a season of a lot of travel, we pray that you keep him safe. And as he and the other members of the cabinet think about budget and think about priorities and think about strategic plan, Lord, help them to lean into you and into your strength. It's so tempting to make it about us. It's so tempting to make it about our ability. And Lord, we need to make it about you. So help us as a community to look for your leading and your guidance. And we pray for those in our community who continue to grieve, for Shirley Hoagstra and Bonnie Kerr and the deaths of their fathers. One after a long life lived to your glory, and the other after a life that was, frankly, just too short to us. We pray that you surround them with your tenderness and your mercy. And for others who have lost people, who are homesick, who just feel lonely. God, we pray for your tenderness to surround them. And, Lord, open our eyes to people that we can serve. And, God, as we now turn to your word and see it spoken out in front of us, may it fall on fresh ears. Holy Spirit, use your word, read and proclaimed, to do your work in us. And we pray this through Jesus Christ, the word made flesh, and all God's people said, Amen.
1: Lord, as you have requested, take your flocks and herds and go. When Pharaoh let the people go, God led the Israelites by the desert road to the Red Sea. By day the Lord led them in a pillar of cloud to guide them on their way, and by night in a pillar of fire, so that they may have light, so that they could travel by day or night. Then the Lord said to Moses, Tell, Tell the, the Israelites God that they are to camp by the sea. Pharaoh will think.
2: I will harden Pharaoh's heart, and he will pursue them.
1: But I will be for myself, and the Israelites know that
3: I am the Lord.
1: So the Israelites did this.
2: Pharaoh was told that the Israelites had fled. What have
1: I done? I have let the Israelites escape, and I have lost them as our slaves. Then Pharaoh had his chariots made ready and took his army with him.
2: The Egyptians pursued the Israelites and overtook them as they camped by the sea.
1: And the Israelites looked up, and there were the Egyptians marching after them.
2: They were terrified and cried
4: out to the Lord.
1: Then they said to Moses, Was it because there were no graves in Egypt when you brought us out to the desert to die? What have you done to us for bringing us out of Egypt? Didn't we say to you in Egypt that it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians? For it would be better serving them to die out here in the desert. Do not be afraid. Stand firm and you will
2: Why are you crying out to me? Tell the Israelites to move on.
1: Raise your staff and stretch your hand over the sea to divide the waters.
2: So that the Israelites can go through the sea on dry ground.
1: I will pardon the hearts of the Egyptians.
2: So that they will go in after them.
1: And the Egyptians will know that
2: I am the Lord.
1: armies of Israel and Egypt. Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and all that night the Lord drove the sea back with a strong east wind, and the waters were divided. And the Israelites went to the sea on dry ground, with a wall of water on their right and on their left. The Egyptians pursued them, and all Pharaoh's horses and chariots and horsemen followed them into the sea. And then God looked down from his pillar of cloud and fire at the Egyptian army and threw it into confusion. He jammed the wheels of their chariots.
2: So that they had difficulty driving.
1: Let us get away from the Israelites. The Lord is fighting for them against Egypt. Stretch your hand over the
2: sea. So that the waters may flow back over the Egyptians.
1: Moses stretched out his hand over the sea. And at, and at daybreak, the
2: fully sea went back, back into its place. The Egyptians were fleeing.
1: The Lord swept them into the sea.
2: The waters flowed back and covered the entire army of Pharaoh. Not one One of them them
1: survived. That day, the Lord saved Israel from the hands of the Egyptians, and the Israelites saw the Egyptians lying dead on the shore. And when the Israelites saw the mighty hand of the Lord displayed against the Egyptians, the people feared the Lord. They put their trust
2: in him and in Moses his servant.
1: This is the word of the Lord.
0: Wow. The Egyptians were kind of ramped up. They thought it was all about them. They thought, we've made a huge mistake. A huge mistake. Our entire slave force, we just let them walk away. And you know what we have? Chariots. We have chariots. The tank of the ancient world. (laughs) We have lots of chariots. We can ride these people down. We can hunt them down. We can get them. They did an assessment. They counted their forces. They said, we've got this. This is about us. We're going to take them. They were psyched, they were ready, they were on the road. The Israelites look back, they see that the Egyptians are coming after them, they count, we have um, nothing, we have nothing at all, we have no no chariots, we have a, somebody have a donkey, we have one donkey. (laughs) But what they do have is a lot of sarcasm. Did you hear the line that they use on Moses? Uh, Moses, was it because there weren't enough graves out in Egypt? Is, is that why we're here? Uh, is, is it grave? Is it a, is this a cemetery issue? Is that what's going on here, Moses? Deep in sarcasm, they are bitter because they look at themselves and they say, we got nothing. We got nothing here. We are going to die. We told you, Moses. Egyptians think it's all about them and they think we got it going on. The Israelites think it's all about them and they think we do not have nothing going anywhere, no way. And it's easy to look at the Egyptians, and it's easy to look at the Israelites and say, oh, you silly people, have you not read the first 13 chapters up until now? Have you not been paying attention? Pharaoh, buddy, not about you. This whole thing has not been about you. Israel, people, pay attention. This is not about you. Oh, silly Egyptians. Oh, silly Israelites, because we never do anything like that. Right? Right? and there's a little friction in your friendship group, and two people aren't exactly getting along the way they used to, and you think, I can fix this. I can go in. I'm, I can be the one. I'll just sit down with each one. i have a little conversation, get them together over coffee. I can solve this. I've got this. Or you're sitting in organic chemistry, and he's up there, and he's talking, and there are other people, and they're writing things down, and they seem to be understanding what he's saying. And you're looking around, you're like, I got nothing. I got nothing at all. I got nothing. Or, we look around this campus, and we hear talk about budget cuts, and priorities, and strategic planning. And it's easy for us to think, well, we got to get this right. we got to make good decisions we got to weigh in. Everybody's got to weigh in. Everybody's got to put their number in. What do you think is most important? Let's all have a conversation. Let's all weigh it out. Because it's all about us. We've got to make the right decision. Did you feel the pressure? It's all on us. we got to take stock. we got to count. It's all about us. Right? Have we not read the first 13 chapters of Exodus? because here's what the Lord does. Ellie was the Moses character, and she says to them, do not be afraid, stand firm, and see the deliverance that the Lord will bring for you. Do not be afraid, stand firm, which means you're not going to have to fight, and see the deliverance. You know what it takes to see? This. The Lord takes, he takes it a step further. He says, the Lord will fight for you. You only need to be still. And the Hebrew here for be still has to do with language. It has to do with protest. And when Eugene Peterson, who's translated the entire Bible in a book called The Message, when Eugene Peterson translates this verse, he says, the Lord will fight for you. You just shut your mouths. <laughs> Which is actually what he's saying. And if you were Moses, wouldn't you be at that point? Wouldn't be like, oh, no. No, uh-uh. No, uh-uh. <laughs> the Lord will fight for you. You just shut your mouths. I've had it up to here with you. And then what does the Lord do? The Lord sends a strong east wind, and the waves push back, and there's a wall of water on one side and a wall of water on the other side. And did you know it was down the middle? Did you get this? There's a very important adjective for the ground upon which they walk. What was the adjective? Dry. All right. How many of you have ever been to a body of water in your lifetime? Great. Okay. Most of us. So when a wave goes out, is the ground underneath the wave dry? Right. It's still wet. Also kind of mucky. Right? So the waves go back and the ground is what? And dry means you can walk on it and you don't get stuck, right? You're not like pulling your three-year-old like out of the... It's not like... Like you could just go right through. So the Israelites are able to just go right through on dry ground, but more importantly, who's coming behind them? And what kind of big weapons do they have? And what happens to chariots, wheels, and mud? Do they go or don't go? What do they do on dry ground? They go, okay? Strategic. God's like, oh yeah, come on. Ahead. Go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead on the dry ground. Go ahead, go ahead. Have fun with that. Yep, that's good. And then what does he do? Clogs the wheels and they get stuck, right? I love this. I love this. <laughs> right? That was so great. That's exactly what happened. The wheels get stuck because the mud starts to come back and then the water comes and it completely covers them. And it says that in that moment, Israel feared the Lord. It's like it took you that long, but okay. They feared the Lord and his servant Moses. Because the Lord fights for you. You you only need to keep still. The Lord fights for you. You only need to keep still. So imagine you walk into the dining hall. And your whole little master plan about your friend circle, you haven't quite been able to get all the, all the pieces to work yet, but you're pretty sure that you can. But you walk into the dining hall and there are the two people and they're sitting and they're, they're laughing and they're having a meal together and they figured it out all by themselves. Oh. It wasn't all about me. It was about the Lord working His plan for reconciliation. Exactly as he wanted it to go. Or you tromp back from organic chemistry and you get back to your room and you're feeling quite overwhelmed and you have no idea what you're going to do about this because it's getting deep into the semester now and you've got to figure out organic chemistry. And then someone from another floor comes down to visit somebody on your floor and that person's not there and they say, hey, is that an organic chemistry textbook? And you say, Boom, yes. And they say, oh, I tutor that. If you ever need any help, you could totally come find me. I just live right upstairs. And you're like, Try <laughs> ground moment. Try ground moment. Whew, walk right through. And as we're talking about budget cuts and priorities and what to do and people are getting stressed and anxious, this college was founded in what year? Does anybody know? 1876, you win a prize. I have nothing. I have an Altoid. 1876, we used to have a swim team cheer that had that in it. If you want to hear it, talk to me later. 1876, that's a long time ago. Couple wars. Stock market went up, stock market went down. Stock market went up, stock market went like this. Christian form church is big and spoke Dutch and then it spoke English and now it speaks Chinese and Spanish and Korean and more English, English with an accent. <laughs> and we're still here. If God wants Calvin College to flourish for the next 20 or 50 or 100 or 200 years, guess what he's going to do? He's going to fight for it. And we don't need to be stupid, but we don't need to be complaining. Here's what we learn in Exodus 14. The Lord will fight for you. The Lord is fighting for you. Even when you don't know it, even when you can't see it, even when you're uncertain about it, the Lord is fighting for you. And when the fight is over, when the battle is won, when you are amazed at what God has done in your life, do you know what they do in Exodus 15? They sing a song. They sing a song. They do a testimony in song because you know that if you put something in song, you don't forget it, right? That's why the books of the Bible, you can learn them by a song, or the fruit of the Spirit, you can learn them by a song, And this was such an important event. Israel had to know it by heart. They had to know it deep in the marrow of their bones. So much so that now, in 2013, when Exodus 15, the song, is up in the lectionary readings in the Jewish synagogue, they have a special name for that Sabbath. They call it Shabbat Shirah, the Sabbath of the song. And there are two scripture passages for which the people in the synagogue stand when they are read. One is the Ten Commandments, which we'll talk about in a couple weeks. And the other one is this. Because for thousands of years, the Jewish people have remembered through song and testimony that the Lord fights for them, fights for them. Because it is so easy when you're on the other side, it's so easy when you're turning toward the wilderness to forget what God has already done. And that was part of the problem with Egypt, and that was part of the problem with Israel, and that's part of the problem with us, is we have a very short memory. We forget. And so God says you have to have testimonies about what you have done. You have to have testimonies about how the Lord has fought for you. We have to give testimony To the one who helps us walk through on dry ground. And so tonight we're going to give testimony. If you sense that the Holy Spirit is prompting you to share a story about how God fought for you, a story about how you were able to get through on dry ground, a story that bears witness to the fact that it's not about you, it's all about God, we invite you to share it. So we have two people who have mics. Ellie's got a mic. and Nate has a mic. And we're going to ask that you say your first name, give your short testimony, and then I'm going to say, thanks be to the Lord, and everyone is going to say, who fights for us? All right, let's practice that. Thanks be to the Lord. Who
5: works for us.
0: There you go. Is so there anybody who has a testimony? When you feel the Holy Spirit saying, "Get your hand up," Peter's got his hand up.
2: Religious, just religious in general, were highly persecuted by the student body, the staff, everybody, grade-wise, everything. Um, they actually, I don't know if anybody knows the movement See You at the Pole, but that movement when it was there, they actually would take our pictures and they actually put us on a terrorist watch list for a while and it took us a while to get, it remo- get our names removed from it. It was that bad. Um, and I was always feeling really spiritually repressed in this place for four years, struggling my way through this. I was always I was on my knees every day praying. I've had spiritual encounters that are absolutely incredible, that and some that are absolutely terrifying, in this place. And I just found out the other day, well, a couple like last a couple months ago, there was a uh, somebody who came in decided to do a, a movement on, uh, on on Christ. They did a couple talks on Christianity. They had a, so much such a powerful response to it. Each day that it got it tripled each day, so my high school total size is around five thousand to give you an idea of the size of the school and each day it went from one hundred to two to, went from one hundred to 100, so yeah, it doubled actually each day one hundred to two hundred to four hundred and the last day they had to bring security in to get the people to stop chanting Jesus in the hallways hmm. it was and now i found out that 's what I found out yesterday was that now Campus Crusade for Christ is starting a chapter in the school. Hmm. And I cannot believe it because (laughs) I had some, it's hard to believe it, but it's a really cool testimony that, you know, I think it's a couple people praying in which God is with us and understanding that it's not about God. And I understood that when I was there. I learned that message, that it's not about me. It was more about the message and the work God would do in that school. And I've been praying for that work ever since. And it's starting to take fruit, and it 's a really powerful message for me to see that actively starting to take fruit. So thanks be to God.
0: Thanks be to the Lord.:
3: for us. Okay um, i'm Garrett. Um, so um, I'm a senior and I've kind of been here so for four years, and uh, I've changed my major four times and <laughs> Um, so I kind of, uh, never knew, uh, really where I was being called. Um, I started out as a teacher, then went to pre-med, um, and then went to pre-med and kinesiology and then went to, um, kinesiology and education again. And, uh, so now like, I definitely feel like I'm in the right spot. Um, the biggest issue was changing, um, from pre-med to education because of money and I was mainly focusing on. You know, how can I um I'm gonna lose all this money if I go from a doctor to a teacher. Um but I um sorry. Um uh, but I learned to uh you know it's not about that. Um and uh I had to 2012 was a year of learning um that it wasn't about me. Um reading purpose driven life, the first word um in that book is first sentence really is it's not about you. Um and that kind of stuck out to me. Um that you know, we we might have what we want to do, or what we think God is calling us to do, but it's really about um, what God's plans is what God's plan is for us, um, and we might not know what that is. And doors can be shut every single day, um, which kind of happened to me. Um, and so, I think it's um, a great testimony that that you know God has was fighting for me every single day to figure out. You know, I do have. Um, your life in my hands, and I I know it might be hard, um, and you're going to go down um, a lot of rough paths, but I'll bring you out, and you're going to learn from it, and I'm here today, and I'm going to (laughs) graduate.
0: Thanks be to the Lord.
5: So, I'm Audrey, and I'm a junior, Um, and at the beginning of this year, my mom, the one time I called home, my mom mentioned that my brother was having a hard time in school. Um, He always does. He always gets really frustrated if he doesn't get something correctly the first time, uh, because he always feels like, yes, to my sister and I, and when I called home today, my mom said my brother hasn't had a bad day since the first week of school, um, Mm. because he's learning to be still, and when he gets frustrated, uh, he goes and finds my mom, and they can pray about it, and he learns he doesn't have to be a perfectionist and that he doesn't have to up to my sister and I and it's such a blessing to know that we don't have to worry about him anymore because he's just learning the value of being still
1: mm-hmm.
0: thanks be to the Lord yes.
6: Garrett um, I think my name is also Garrett um, <laughs> so a little over three years ago um, I was in an accident on trampoline where I was paralyzed from the chest down and uh I was really fortunate that day because, like, where um, I came down and broke a high level in my neck, where I should be paralyzed with little movement in my arms, but um, I was blessed that day to be able to, because no one was home either, to be able to crawl to the edge of the trampoline and be able to call my own ambulance, and like not being able to do that, I could have possibly like pass away that day through not being able to, like I just lay there and not be able to move, and uh, so I went through. Um, three years of therapy and uh, continued on with, like, uh, always having, like, friends and, like, family there and, like, people that are always praying for me and, like, helping me through it. And uh, recently and, like, throughout the years I've been trying to walk again to be able to uh, um, just get back to normal life and, like, figure everything out. And uh, for graduation this year I was uh, able to walk across the stage in front of all my friends and receive my diploma. And I'm continuing on to get um, past, like, my doctors have t- told me that um, they're beyond what I expe- they expected me to be at, and that um, they think that I'll continue on, and that um, I'm still recovering, even though I'm past where they, like, they shouldn't believe that I shouldn't be getting my recovery with how long it's been, and it's just, like, God's, like, got a plan for me in the future, and at first I didn't realize, like, what was going to happen with it all, and, like... Now that uh, he is like just give me like just to tell my story and like show that like God's got a plan for everybody and that's pretty much his and just hopefully I'll be able to get to walking in.
0: Amen. Thanks be to the Lord.
5: For us. I'm Chloe, I'm a sophomore and just the past the past year I've kind of struggled with a lot of things internally and um I was kind of getting to a point where I thought, like, oh, I'm the only one who has this problem. And I got really selfish about it and kind of felt like no one understood anything that I was going through. And um, uh, I met a new friend this year. And I just started talking to this person a lot. And this person eventually started telling me about things that they struggled with. And things that really like hurt them and we have a very similar story and so it was really cool to me to find um, it was really cool for both of us to find someone that we could really talk about it and really understand what each other was going through because we both felt um, alone in it before but we realize now we're not and so yeah that's.
0: thanks be the Lord
4: I'm Lydia, I'm a junior. Um, Last semester I had a lot of trouble with spiritual and emotional problems and it made this semester really hard. Um, But I'm gonna tell you one story of one time I really felt God was fighting for me. It happened when, um, in my physiology class, because I was having a hard time concentrating, I wasn't doing well in the class. I had been doing really well up to that point and I knew I had to do well in this class if I wanted to be in the nursing program. And I had a test on Wednesday, and it was Monday. And I knew I had to work all of Tuesday night. I knew I was busy all of Monday. I'm like, shoot, I'm not going to have time to study. This is just not going to be good. So I was talking to a friend over, and she was like, you should call in sick for work. And I thought about it. I'm like, I don't know if that's a good idea. So I went away from her. I'm like, maybe I should. I prayed about it. And God's like, no, no, that's not right. You cannot call in sick for work. You need to go to work. So I'm like, okay, if that's what you say, all right. So I'm like walking to my car, I'm like, God, you better have a plan for this. Like, you better plan a miracle. Like, you better help me remember everything I'm learning because I'm not going to have enough time to study. And I need to pass this test if I want to be in the nursing program. I get to work. Um, I work with special needs kids, and this girl was just not having a good day at all. And I'm supposed to be there until like 9.30 at about 8. Her mom's like, how about you just put her in bed? She just doesn't seem like she's having a good day. I'm like, Okay. And what do you want me to do after that? She's like, oh, I know you have a test tomorrow. just go home. That's fine. I'm like, wait, I have never left early, and you're having me leave an hour early? I'm like, oh, wow. So I get back, and I'm studying really hard. I get to the test. I pray about it. I take the test. I get the test back. And let me say, I did so well that my professor wrote on top, great job. (laughs) And I'm in the nursing program now, so.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Thanks be to the Lord. Let's take two more. Where are you?
6: Um, my name's Matt. Last semester, I went through a really a lot of hard times. But one time that I really um, was worse for me, I ended up going down to my basement, um, sitting in a corner area and just crying my eyes out because of how horrible I felt about myself because of many different issues I was going through. And I was able to have some of my friends where just dropped pretty much everything and come and – be there to comfort me and give me words that were great wisdom, and then have another, my barnum from my floor that year, just come down and randomly come down there and talk with me and comfort me and be there for me as well, and then being able to go later and talk to my accountability partner. And it was just one of those times when you're like, wow, God was really looking out for me then. So that was my testimony.
0: Thanks, Thanks be to the Lord. Last one.
1: Hi, I'm Nicole. I'm a freshman. Um, Last year I spent six months in Peru as a missionary and I went there with very limited Spanish. And um, I really struggled pretty much the whole time I was there with communication and understanding what was going on. And so there were so many times that God fought for me when I had no words and I had had to speak in front of people, had no idea what I was going to say, but he put the words in my mouth and helped me minister to people. So um, yeah, God fought for me when I couldn't fight for myself
0: Mm, thank you thank you and I know some of you wanted to talk and so if you have a testimony and you're like I also don't want to give it in front of 400 other people what would it look like tonight if as you walk back as you drive home you had this question and you asked it of each other when was a time when the Lord fought for you and you keep the conversation going and maybe tonight you're sitting here and you're thinking I'm still on the other side of the shore I'm still waiting for the seed to part, and I don't know if I have a testimony. And we've all been there. And it's times like that when we need to draw really close to the cross because there is no picture more clear of a God who fights for us than a God who is willing to send his only beloved son into this world to take all of the sin and brokenness to take all of our sorrows and hurts and addictions and pain and take it all to the cross. Because here the Lord fights for us. And when he fought for us on that good Friday, he rose again on Easter Sunday to remind us that someday all of these things, all of these reasons for testimony, all these reasons for being scared will be no more. Because our Lord Jesus Christ has risen from the dead. And that is our truest testimony. Will you pray with me? God, how amazing it is that you fight for us. That you fight for us even when we don't know it. What a good and amazing thing it is. We thank you for the testimonies of our brothers and sisters who are able to say, I'm on the other side and I'm singing a song of testimony. And we pray, Holy Spirit, that you use these words of testimony to encourage all of us who are still thinking, I don't know if I'm going to get out of this. I don't know how this is going to work. So Holy Spirit, turn our eyes toward the cross. Turn our eyes toward our Jesus. And remind us that you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, you never get tired of fighting for us. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.